You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. I need your clothes, your boots, and your motorcycle. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. So I just did something that I very rarely do, but once in a while I have to. And usually it's like on the weekend when I have plenty of time. It's 4.15. i got to cut it off at 5. Um, but what I did is I recorded for about, well... I don't know, 20 minutes-ish. Actual recording time, I was probably 10 minutes in. And I just deleted the whole thing. Because it's just too ranty and rambly and just... I just... I don't know. It's kind of to a crossroads where I'm thinking... I don't know if people listen to this and think, This is a great podcast, man. It's just... It's out there, you know? It's humorous. Or if there's people listening saying, I tuned in about 15 minutes ago to hear about the Packers and he's talking about chicken wings. I don't... I don't know what's going on here. And so I thought, you know what, let's just let's just delete it. I don't need new people coming in and just leaving right away. Which, by the way, is probably why <laughs> probably why the channel isn't growing very much. There's people that get it and enjoy it, and they're here. New people show up, they hear about chicken wings, and they're like, all right, this the title says something about Packers. I'm I must have been mistaken. I don't I don't know. But anyways, thank you all for tuning in. Um, not a huge amount of news. Um, I don't want to spend any more time talking about COVID than I need to. So. Let's just say there's really no new COVID news. This will be your daily reminder not to panic, not to freak out. We really haven't had much reason to. And again, players are testing positive. First of all, just a couple points based on some of the comments I've seen. Number one, they're not catching this while in the NFL. They caught it while they were outside of the NFL and they brought it in. So the comments in regard to this is somehow the NFL's fault are silly. I also saw some comments about why aren't any of these guys getting treated, which is random. I mean, they just showed up and they're being isolated and in two weeks they're going to be back. Which is my third point. In two weeks, they're probably going to be back. So all this, haha, the Lions are doomed nonsense is just that. It's nonsense. There may be problems down the line, but as of right now, there's no bad news. The opting out thing is, is kind of the biggest issue right now in terms of, you know, harming the season. The, the, anybody with a positive COVID test, unless we find out that they're being taken to a hospital which has never been the case for any football player that I've heard of, there's nothing, there's no problem. They're just not going to be able to practice with the rest of the guys. They're going to be taking regular COVID tests, and whenever they get their two, I don't think there's actually been spelled out. I'm sure there is, but I've tried to look it up, and every article I've read just says they haven't really said what the criteria is to come back. So whether it's there and we don't know, or they just haven't figured it out, which I would doubt, I don't know. But I, I believe I've heard this said on another podcast from people who are in the know as well as this is what other leagues are doing like baseball and whatnot i believe it's two negative tests and you can come back and so galladay and um and hawkinson and everybody else that's tested positive so far um they're not going to be able to participate for a while which i guess is a negative but it would also be somewhat of a positive if we assume that they're probably not going to get it again i understand it's possible they can if there's a new strain i'm not getting into that don't want to think about it don't want to talk about it moving on anyways that's it for covid for the day i'm sure we've all had more than our share of talking about that thing uh big shout out to everybody that has uh, jumped on the uh youtube bandwagon 
I'm up uh, as of yesterday over the last 28 days 140 new subscribers most of which came on board uh, starting around the 22nd so that's that's mostly in the last week uh, 94 subscribers in the last week so thank you all very much it's a little uh, I'm still trying to find my groove with that if you can't tell so it's it's I haven't quite figured it all yet I figured it all out yet but uh, having a lot of fun with it goofing around with uh, graphics and whatnot so if you haven't yet and you're a YouTube watcher, can't imagine why anybody listening to this podcast that also watches YouTube once in a while wouldn't subscribe to the channel, unless you like the podcast and hate my face, in which case I understand. But Pack Daddy NFL is the name of that, so while you have your phone, maybe just go over to the YouTubes and type in Pack Daddy NFL, subscribe to the channel, hit the little bell notification so you find out when new videos come out. So far, so far this week, I've been able to do an episode a day, and I've got two in the pipeline, although one needs some more uh, graphic work, i got to get to work on that and uh, Friday I have off so I should be able to do a video then and Saturday obviously is when I do most of my stuff so I think I'm gonna be able to keep that going for a while but uh, there is a little bit of overlap I'm trying to make it different content but there's some stuff that I say on this podcast that makes for good YouTube stuff and sometimes it comes out on YouTube and then the podcast sometimes it's podcast then YouTube for example um, pending any more breaking news and whatnot the video for today is uh, five bold predictions, which I've already done on this podcast. So if you'd like to see it visually, it'll be there. Um, if not, because you've already heard that, then, you know, whatever. What else? Facebook group, Facebook page, blah, blah, blah. Support the channel. Five-star review. Oh, and the phone number. I've gotten a few people reaching out. I appreciate that. Texting and calling and whatnot. I'm probably going to start working on that this weekend as far as trying to implement that. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I want to have people especially call in and then I will put that call. If you saw what I did yesterday with the Aaron Rodgers um, video thing, that's meant for like somebody on the phone. That's probably the graphic that I would end up using. So it would be, you know, picture, location, and then your audio or whatever. That's the plan. So again, and you, you, you know, if you want to provide a picture, you can. Otherwise, I'll just find something dumb. But the phone number, 608-501-0718. It's also possible I just use it on the podcast. I've done that in the past. Otherwise, feel free to just send a text message. I've been getting uh, an uptick in those. 608-501-0718. Text or call. Any questions, comments, concerns, rants, late night observations, deep thoughts with Jack Handy, whatever. Really doesn't matter. But with that, why don't we go ahead and take a break and um, we'll get going with whatever it is we're doing today. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones 
by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. So we'll start with this, and I don't want to spend too much time on it because I feel like I struck a nerve with the whole Aaron Rodgers thing. A lot of people seem to be very mad at me that I'm even suggesting the Packers may move on um, prematurely. But again, it's it's just, I, I don't operate from emotion. I have emotion, but I don't operate in terms of how I think from emotion. Meaning, it's not how I feel, and it's not what I want. It just seems like new information to me. And the way, it's not just what he said, but the way in which he said it, to me, was newsworthy. But if you don't think so, very sorry to have uh, ruined your day with that. But anyways, I got a text, somebody in the Milwaukee area, based on the uh, area code. It says, huge fan of the podcast. With all the news and speculation surrounding the Rodgers love situation at quarterback, do you think Gutekunst is a savvy enough GM at this point in his career to pull off a similar kind of trade with involving Rodgers like the Cowboys did with Herschel Walker in the 90s? So one of the things I did yesterday, because I was curious about it, about the trade thing, and, and remember, again, it's just a thought exercise, okay? You don't have to freak out. Let's just say in some weird universe where the Packers decide not to let Aaron Rodgers play out his full contract and they decide to trade him, whatever year that may be, we're talking compensation. But what I looked at yesterday was basically monstrous trades, especially for quarterbacks, and the problem is most big quarterback trades happened a long time ago. Um, there were some first-round picks um, for, I don't know, I don't, I don't necessarily want to call them lesser guys, but, but the fact of the matter is, you know, not a lot of first-ballot Hall of Famers have been traded around. You know, I mean, Peyton Manning was a free agent, and although that might seem like, well, yeah, that's what's going to happen with Rodgers. Well, maybe, but he was like 35, I think, at the time. Rodgers is 36 today, and um, he will be a free agent when he's 40. So it's a slightly different situation. So it's it. The, the bottom line is it's hard to find, and I don't want to use older things or you know non-quarterback things, but obviously Herschel Walker would be an example of a a big trade of a guy who's really talented. So essentially, it's it's pretty unprecedented, which which is part of the reason why this is such a hard thing to work through logically, and it's also part of the reason why a lot of people think the Packers what the Packers did are, is dumb. You don't trade a guy like Aaron Rodgers. You don't cut a guy like Aaron Rodgers. You don't draft a quarterback to sit behind a guy like Aaron Rodgers all the way through his rookie contract, which would be like the kind of the best case scenario, but also t- terrible. In other words, Rodgers plays 2020, 2021, 2022, 2023, and then when he's 40 years old, we just let him go somewhere else, which is the compromise a lot of people tried to find. Well, he didn't say really that he was going to get cut or traded. He just said he wouldn't be able to play out his days in Green Bay. Well, two problems with that. Number one is the situation with love sitting and also that's not what Rodgers said Rodgers said he part of his realization is that they want to play him and they want to play him soon because quarterbacks don't sit but again whatever that that may be what happens anyways and Rodgers is also wrong I'm just pointing out what he said but so so again it's hard to find the uh the compensation it's hard to find you know what what, there's no precedent for this at least not in recent times that that I was able to find I mean you could look at a guy like Khalil Mack if you get away from a quarterback. The problem with that is Khalil Mack was, uh, I believe he was in the final year of his rookie deal and just got a new contract. So I don't know that that could even really happen with with Rodgers. So, so part of the problem and part of the reason why the compensation, you know, depending on when this were to happen, because part of the complicating factor in how much the Packers get is how much the other team has to pay. All right, I've talked about it before. There's a total amount of compensation a team wants to give for a player. 
And if the total amount of compensation is already tied up in the contract, I'm not going to give you anything in addition. It doesn't matter that he's worth by himself, like, you know, he gets two first-round picks and a second-round pick and a third-round pick or whatever. Whatever compensation package Aaron Rodgers is worth, you have to then deduct his contract. So the question is, how much of that contract would carry over? And in all honesty, I don't know that it would all it would really be all that much. Um, the the guarantees have more or less dried up. The signing bonus would be entirely on the Green Bay Packers to pay for. And so, for example, if he were to be traded in 2021, just just saying out loud, uh, his base salary, which would carry over to the new team, would be 14.7 million dollars. And then there is a restructuring of the contract here, which I don't think it's carried to, I mean, I think it does get carried to the new team. I don't think it would be on the Packers to pay it. It's about $3 more million, so we're looking at 20 a little over $20 million. In 2022, it's a base salary of $25 million, plus the three would be 28 So, you know, 28 and $28 million. So it's not that hefty of a contract, and, and the numbers are probably relatively shaky, but that's that's more or less what it is. So I, I would assume, I, I don't know, I don't I, I, Let's get back to the specifics of the question. Do I think um, Brian Gutekunst would be savvy enough to pull off, you know, some some major compensation? I kind of see it as, you know, my my grandma used to watch this show. I don't remember what it was called, but it was these these uh, real estate agents out in you know Los Angeles or whatever. And it was frustrating because they had the easiest job in the universe. Some multi bajillionaire shows up and they say, "I would like a twenty million dollar house," and they show him a bunch of houses. And usually these people are pretty unreasonable or whatever, but at the end of the day, they want to buy a house. And so despite their whining and complaining and all that stuff, eventually they're going to find a house and they're going to pay for the house. And when that's all said and done, a 3% commission on a $20 million house is $600,000. So although these people have to be somewhat intelligent and savvy and have some kind of salesy thing or whatever, the fact of the matter is somebody showed up and said, I want to buy something, and then they bought something, and this person just got a a nearly million-dollar commission on it. I feel like that's sort of what this would be. Now, granted, we've seen some pretty massive and ridiculous compensation, right? If you look at Jamal Adams, for example, granted Jamal is is 24 and whatnot, but two first-round picks and a third-round pick and a starting player for a safety? And really, the compensation isn't isn't, uh, all that. You could also say, well, he's also on his rookie deal. Yeah, he's on his rookie deal for one year, but now the Seahawks have to commit to a massive contract in which he's the most expensive player. This is not a one-year proposition. So in reality, it's one year at whatever he's at, $4 million or something ridiculous. And then after this year, they could exercise his fifth-year option, which is about $10 million, but I don't think Jamal's going to play on that. And even if he does, it doesn't matter. You're still going to end up paying the guy massive money. So in reality, it's it's $4 million plus you know, $15 million a year, $16 million a year, whatever it is he's going to demand. So it's not as though they're getting him for cheap. They're getting him when he's young. They're getting a star, maybe the best at the entire position, but the position is safety. So if you think about it, what, what would be, you, you could possibly look at a team that is pretty far along. They've already got a pretty built-out team, and they just really want to win. You could look at a team like the 49ers. They, they've been drafting early in the first for a long time. Now they're going to be drafting exclusively at the back of the first round. So they're willing to forego a couple first-round picks to try to lock up a Super Bowl by replacing Jimmy Garoppolo with Aaron Rodgers, which could be ridiculous. Again, I'm, I'm sorry I'm giving you visuals that make you feel sick. I'm just trying to think through things logically and, and who would be willing to do it, why would they do it, and what could we get for it. And it's, 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 it's hard to imagine getting a ton of picks, but at the same time, you look at who's, who's giving up what for what. 
I just I just feel like yeah, the other the other dynamic here is is teams know the Packers want to move on. Although everybody knew that Jamal wanted to move, the Jets weren't keeping Jamal, and they still got two first round picks out of him. And and the Packers may actually have even more leverage because they can they can play it off like, look, we got Rodgers under contract for a long time, so we're willing to listen, but we're also very willing to just keep playing him. We don't lose anything, right? We don't have Aaron Rodgers sitting here trying to shop himself and saying this guy's a bad leader and this is a garbage team and I don't want to be here which hurts the compensation. You've got Aaron Rodgers saying, I'd like to stay here, and the Packers saying, well, we'd love to play you. I mean, we'll listen to any offers, but I mean, unless it's a massive offer, we're not even going to entertain it, which could bring in massive offers. So I guess to specifically answer your question, I think he is savvy enough, largely because you don't have to be all that savvy. I think you just have to hold your ground and not seem too desperate, and I think that they'll, they'll know to do that because there really isn't any reason to be desperate. There just isn't. But I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it plays out. Again, my, my biggest question in terms of how in the world or when in the world do we move on from Aaron Rodgers is not his contract, which is most people's objection. It's when and how do we plan on seeing if, if Jordan Love is ready? The only way is if Aaron Rodgers gets hurt and Jordan comes in and plays a significant amount of time, which is more or less how we ended up seeing Aaron Rodgers, right? Uh, Brett Favre got hurt and, and Aaron Rodgers came in and played and he played well on top of training camp on top of preseason and everything else and that gave the Packers enough um, information to say we, we can we can play this guy anytime we're ready and so when the time came and Favre said I, I think I'm done they're like okay sounds good see you later and also when he said I want to come back they're like look I there's I'm sorry but no we we got a guy I just don't know how and when we're gonna see that and that's that's my biggest objection especially to 2021 which I know is seems absurd and it is but i mean we, we we're not even going to hardly see him throw a football um and part of the benefit of getting a jordan love and part of the reason the pick made so much sense is that he sits behind aaron Rodgers because jordan love is a a bit of a project and um the, the, i've talked about it before the the skill set that he has and what he needs to learn there's no better situation than to sit behind aaron Rodgers for a couple of years and i think that's what makes the most sense i think he sits 2021 I think uh, 2022 would make sense, although it's you know entirely possible they really try to push it. But having him sit in 2022, hopefully we have a preseason in 2022, so we'll get to see him actually in some live action. You get to sit another year, learn how to be a professional, learn how to work all this stuff out. Sorry, I'm getting my years mixed up. 2020 and 2021. And then come 2022, then we can start exploring those options. The, uh, the dead money plummet. You know, at 38, I think Rogers still has plenty to offer. And if love is ready, then we move on. If not, then we don't. Although the other option is if you can move him before the draft for a bunch of, like, say you can get two first-round picks, you use that to get a quarterback, which then makes Jordan Love a, a terrible pick. But it is what it is. You don't move on from Rodgers and play Love just because, well, we traded up for him. We got to do it. I, I just, we're, we're headed for a dark era if that's the, the extent of our thought process on this. Um, the final thing that I wanted to talk about is... Uh, Something that's kind of old news, and it happened around the time as Everson Griffin, but because of Everson Griffin and then Funches and everything else, it kind of got uh, pushed to the bottom. But there was some talk, um, at least from the from his camp, I guess, that the Packers are interested in bringing back Tremont Williams, and I'm really, really torn on that. Um, the part of me that acknowledges that Tremont is a very good football player. Um, as well as just liking Tremont and wanting the Packers to be as good as possible and fearing what happens without Tremont and all that stuff, really wants this deal to get done. But I'm, I'm really struggling, and I, I hate to even verbalize it, and I, I don't want to mischaracterize what he said because I didn't finish the podcast, but I, I, I have a feeling 
well, let's just leave it at this. Some people are seeing this year as a fantastic all-in opportunity. With so many players opting out, with you know teams like the Patriots more or less decimated, this is going to be your best chance to go all-in and win. I see things exactly opposite. Given that this year is a giant asterisk, and there's so many uncontrollable things, you could go all-in, spend a ton of money and a bunch of draft picks to go out and get players, which would be hard to do anyways given the, the lack of money, which essentially would hurt your future and your ability to do things in the future so that you win this year, but then still have things that are out of your control. What happens when Aaron Rodgers contracts COVID after this? He's out for, for two weeks, and we just get completely throttled by two teams that we should have beaten. He comes back after two weeks, and then we lose to whatever. You know, it, it just, there's too many uncontrollable things on top of just who cares? Who cares about this season? I mean, I'm glad there's football, and I want there to be football, but this this entire season is a giant asterisk, and I'm really tired of saying that word. It's hard to say, and I don't like it, but it is. That's just the reality. And again, I'm I from this point on, we'll be referring to it as the COVID Bowl, not the Super Bowl. And so I, I genuinely see this as the opposite. Not that I want the team to tank, I don't. But do not make any decision that helps this season to the detriment of the future. And the question is, would Tremont Williams being signed add to that? And you think, well, it's just a one-year contract, so he won't be around next year. True. But what about the money that would carry over into next year that would help us sign guys like David Bakhtiari, Kenny Clark, Aaron Jones, whoever it is we end up wanting to sign? Kevin King? Because money from this year does carry over. So just from that standpoint, it is a bit of a detriment. The other concern that I have with Tremont starting is we've got to have sort of a sink or swim moment with some of these other guys, especially if we're going to make decisions about guys like Kevin King. we got to figure out what we're doing, and we got to have guys step up. And if Tremont's going to come in and, and fill in, essentially because we just don't feel that the guys we have can do it, and that may be the case. But again, remember, we're only talking about a one-year contract anyways. What happens beyond this year? If we're going to move on, and we have to at some point, we've got to get guys like Josh Jackson, uh, you know, Chandon Sullivan, Kadar Holman. Somebody's got to step up. And, and the fact of the matter is, Chandon Sullivan and Kadar Holman, despite limited sample sizes, both played really well. Kadar Holman is the highest-graded corner on the team. He only played like four snaps, but still, it's the point is it's worth giving these guys a chance and seeing what we can do. We've had much worse cornerback situations where we haven't even had a legit one and two starting cornerback. The fact that we have King and Jair, I feel like we're, we're good enough that we can experiment with that number three spot. And we got to know. We got to know, is Josh Jackson ready and able? Is Kadar Holman going to be a guy? Is Chandon going to be a guy? Plus, we've got a bunch of other guys, Stanford Samuels, undrafted free agents and things like that. And we've had great success with undrafted free agents. Um, uh, on top of the, the obvious thing that Tremont is 37 years old. Also, if you just look at PFF, for example, um, 2019 was a little bit of an outlier. I mean, his one year in Arizona was obviously a, a massive fluke. His grade was an 81.5. But if you, if you take that out of the equation, if you go all the way back to the last time he played in Green Bay prior to coming back in 2014, his grades were 68, 64, 65, and 63. This year, 71.7. If I had to guess how he would grade out, and by the way, 2018 he was with Green Bay, he graded out 63.3 also. So it's not as though, well, it's because he's in Green Bay. Even the majority of the time while he's been in Green Bay, outside of a, a few really good years, 2009, uh, 2010, uh, 2013, and then this year, he's, he's just kind of a 60s kind of guy. And if I had to guess where he would end up, it would be like a 65, which is average, meaning there's a good chance he regresses, especially considering he's 37 years old. So as much as 
I want, and I've been saying I want Tremont back. There's just so many reasons why it would it would make more sense to just not do it. And it, it pains me to even say that, but I, th- I think the smart and responsible thing to do is to roll with who we have. And again, and again I, I'm, I'm not willing to go in all in this year. Again, that doesn't mean I'm tanking, but if you're going to take a year to move on from, from a 37-year-old corner to find out who your best corners are going to be and experiment a bit, this is probably the year to be doing a lot of experimentation. And if you happen to win the COVID Bowl, awesome. But really, this needs to be about positioning yourself to be in the best possible position for 2021. And I don't know that signing Tremont to a one-year contract does that for us. So that's not the conclusion I expected to come to. When I initially heard the news just a couple days ago that they were expect or not expecting to, but there's been communications with Tremont. Uh, the Packers want to bring him back, but there's just so many circumstances and whatever. So it, it sounds like they're they're at least strongly considering it. They just haven't been able to pull the trigger or, or haven't been willing to pull the trigger for whatever reason. When I first heard that news, I was excited. And my first thought was, yeah, please bring him back. I want him back. But um, given everything, I just, I mean, is the team better with Tremont? Of course. But I just don't know in the long run that this is the best move. So it, it, it kind of falls into that category of if they do it, I'm, I'm happy about it. But if they don't, I think that that makes sense. And I'm, I'm at peace with that because it's probably the, the smart thing to do. But anyways, again, sorry for the short episode. I ended up deleting about 15-ish minutes or whatever of, uh, of podcast, so I lost a little bit. But outside of hearing me ramble about COVID for the 7,000th time, there isn't a ton to talk about. Hopefully there'll be some more news. I'm, I'm hoping we get, you know, some kind of contract news in the future. You know, now that the the uh, the cap has been figured out for 2021, um, I'm hoping they're working out some numbers. I have to believe at least one person is getting signed this year. They don't have to. They could wait until next year. But again, you, you want to stagger your contracts a bit. Otherwise, you get a really big hit all at once and that's not ideal but i don't know we'll see what happens i'm i'm hopeful and i'm optimistic and and again my preference would be david bakhtiari because number one i don't know that he comes back so just getting that thought that he might not be back out of my mind would be great plus he does free up money he's one of the guys that you actually save money in the short term you know obviously down the line it gets more expensive but now when we need money it frees up money and then with that extra money what up alarm clock Maybe we could, uh, you know, sign Kenny Clark at a little two-for-one deal. That would just make me oh so happy. But anyways, I'm going to leave it at that. You folks have yourselves a fantastic day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.